Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> too far away. <laughs> scared the sh** out of Sorry, I'm just swearing. Whoa. F8, F8, F8. <laughs> just got a good start there. <laughs> Wednesday morning. I've walked into my office. Yeah. It's fucking 8 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Holy shit. Scared the fucking shit out of me. Today on the Geek Help Podcast, what's the biggest industry in Victoria? Check. Okay. <laughs> That's not funny. It's such a cute read. I like that. Oh, God. Pedro Pascal got an infection after years of letting Game of Thrones fans take selfies with their thumbs in his eyes. The new Lord of the Rings game is getting roasted. And Tina Turner has died at 83. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 242. We record this on Wednesday, May 31th, 2023. I'm Webmeister Bud. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Dylan and Jason in the morning zone. I'm DJ Boytano, back from a little vacay, and I do the uh, weekday wind down in the evenings and the mixtape in the afternoon zone. And I'm Paul Blasino, and I host that afternoon zone. <laughs> Can I just say I very much enjoyed last week's podcast, by the way. Oh. Uh, I thank you for including me in it with my personnel files. Uh, so good. Video that I sent you guys. Oh, I, it's funny. was amazing. I sent you guys that video. And then I sent Zoner Spenny that video because I guess Zoner Spenny was following my stories and he was like, how come we didn't see any of the personnel files? And I was like, oh no, this one was just for the group chat. And so I sent it to him as well. He loved it. That's so great. Yeah. Um, I I guess we didn't even touch on that last week, but that the, the little clip that started the start of the episode was Ryan sent us a video when he went to Marvel Station. Um, which was the, like, look at all the merchandise, not merch, but like, um, was it even like actual movie props? Were they in the movies or they replicas? I think they were replicas. I don't think they were movie props. Yeah. Okay. And most of the thing, and I'll get to this, I guess, in reviews and recommendations, but most of it was like screens with personnel files and (laughs) (laughs) stuff. So the actual personnel files from Steve Rogers have disintegrated into dust. Through yeah. the uh, the ravages of time, so can't That's see right. actual personnel files. Oh my god! I feel like we ought to recap this because it's such an inside joke at this point. If you're just joining this podcast, <laughs> right? It's like there was this this thing, this Marvel thing. And you could go and look at replica props, and Brian's going to review it later. Brian's going to review it later. And when we were first reporting on it, Bud made a big deal, or he was just like reading. I the didn't l- make a big deal. It was just a list item, and it listed it. And I just I did the Ron Burgundy thing, and I read it with as much importance as compare your hand to Hulk's hand. Right. Yeah. And then Paul grasped onto that and is like, I can't wait to see these personnel files. And would not <laughs> let go. Would not let go. Oh, it's just so funny the way you, that all happens. <laughs> it's <was> funny <laughs> that we would give a rip about Steve Rogers' personnel files. Anyways, um, but you did see them, and then you sent us that yeah. little video, and that's what started last week's podcast was a little clip it of you being excited about personnel files. Personnel files. Woo! That's what the joke is. Okay, we got there. We got there. I see Kirsten. Yeah. 
I'm waiting for her to say the line, but she's just <laughs> arrived in the room. She's just plugging in. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good time for you to jump to on. Say. To say. Yeah. I'm Kristen James. There it is. Thank you. Oh. There it is. I'm a bit slow. I haven't had my coffee yet. <laughs> no, no one's had any coffee yet today. <laughs> this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. It was a sponsor plug. We don't actually often get the chance to do this uh, because sometimes the sponsors, uh, well, I mean, they don't have like a thing. They're just, they're they're a place. They're a great place. Baggins was a neat sponsor. Mm. Uh, Munchie Planet was a fun sponsor. Mm. Discover Tectoria has been the sponsor of the Geek Out and their sponsorship ends this week because the whole point of their sponsorship was to talk about their event, the Viatech event Discover Tectoria, which is Friday, Crystal Garden, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., free 75 local tech companies and just to highlight that the tech industry is a four billion dollar industry in this city and is the number one industry in victoria so yeah they've done this for a few years um obviously had a bit of a pandemic break but they're they're back and it'll be a very fun geeky time for you know people looking for a job in tech or people who are hiring in tech or just regular people who are interested in tech um, and especially like bring the kids you know it's a mm. be a great opportunity to spark some new young tech brains are you gonna be there bud are you gonna go to it yeah i'm going yet um i don't know when exactly but dylan's gonna be there 11 to 2 he's doing a he's doing a broadcast it's gonna be a there. great place for dylan to learn what technology is <laughs> oh man <laughs> I give you a the chance. The reason that's funny is because it's true. He doesn't listen to this podcast. No, it's true. So funny. So funny, Kirsten. Oh, my God. can report back. Don't do it. Next week. Hey, Dylan, what's technology? Did you learn? It's okay. He won't know how to get a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so good. Oh, she comes in here with no coffee. It's just so sassy, Britches. On fire. <laughs> right yeah. from the off. Oh my okay. god. Hey, can we turn the camera too so we can see her sassiness? Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. It's just nothing really much to look at, honestly, right now. Whoa! Don't oh. say that. Jeez, Paul. <laughs> that's worse than the Dylan Bird. Objectively better looking than you, so cut <laughs> it out. At least I did it to her. I was gonna say her face, but it's the other side of her hands. Good <laughs> morning. Okay, now we can't see you. We just oh, see springs. Her in the of mic stand. Who needs it? It's fine. Dude, come on! Even up that yeah. camera. There I am. Hi. Just oh turn. Just God. turn it so slightly. We see more of springs than you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> oh my God. Coming soon. <laughs> Just two trailers in the hopper today. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Season two of this Paramount Plus series will drop June 15th. Uh, Huey, Huey's in everything. Um, yeah, is ah, this crap. a cartoon one or is this the live action this one now? Because the live confused. action one yeah, that's right. will cross over with Look the Look at this Star Trek. Yeah, great. <laughs> um, you should watch this. As a big Star Trek fan, you maybe should watch this one. But wait, what is the cartoon one called? Isn't it also called Strange New World? No, Lower no, no, it's Lower Decks. Lower Decks. So that's the only reason <laughs> I brought this to the cue sheet this week is because it. this is a big deal trailer. Like, if it was just another sizzle reel for the new season of Strange New Worlds, it'd be like, how many shots of the Enterprise do I need to see firing a laser beam? Who cares? Uh -huh, fair. But this is a big deal because we actually got 
the of the, the first look at the crossover between the cartoon show Lower Decks. And so what happens is the two main characters go to Strange New Worlds and they get, you know, guaranteed it's going to be a transporter malfunction. That's cool. how they're going to go, Where these cartoons go way back in time and wind up on the old Enterprise. And, cool. yeah, we got our first look at, what's his name, Jack Quaid? Yeah. Yeah. As Huey Boimler. Campbell from The Boys. Yeah. And Tawny Newsom as um, Beckett Mariner, who's, and they both look phenomenal. Like, I don't know if they were meant to look exactly like the characters they were playing on this little cartoon show, the voice actors, but they do, mm-hmm. and it's uh, so good. It looks so perfect. Um, I, I saw a tweet from Tony Newsom saying there's a lot of wigs going on, but otherwise, <laughs> they look amazing. They look perfect in their uniforms. It that's really exciting, and this episode is going to be an all-time greatest hit. Did they do yeah. the voices in Lawyer Decks too? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They did. These are the voice actors yeah, okay. who are going to be on the show. Yes. That's As awesome. humans. Yeah. 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 I've seen the photo. They do. They look, they, it's incredible. Like Jack Quaid with the, with the purple hair or whatever's yeah. going on. Yeah. Or wig, I guess. Um, it makes me want to watch maybe this one episode, Paul Plastino style. Right. <laughs> Hashtag Joe McFour. Yeah. And only for <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so, I have I have sort of strange new worlds in in my queue to to watch because yeah, the trailers for season two. Okay, that this looks pretty slick. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful show, a lot of fun, classic Star Trek. Been saying it for a while now, but I really can't I recommend this highly enough. And looks like in this season, Spock and Nurse Chapel will kiss. Woo! And. Spock's happy dance is. Uh, is this the one with sexy Spock? So, Spock is. It's sexy. a sexy Spock. Yes, he's much too sexy. Yeah, yeah. He's too sexy. Yeah. Okay, this I, one. Okay. I think he is. Maybe I'll just watch it all. Yeah, Quinto was sexy enough, but this guy takes it to a whole another sexy level. I'm not, not really for that, but I've heard good <laughs> things from others. <laughs> but the Nurse Chapel, perfect. Perfect amount of sexy. Oh, big, my God. Big Nurse Chapel fan over here. Oh. Next up, and also trending on Twitter, I think you should leave the uh, trailer for the third season of this show with Tim Robinson. Uh, this show has dropped already. It dropped on Tuesday. And um, it I, I've never watched it, but, boy, I've seen the trailers for all three seasons. Looks just as ridiculous. Uh, who can explain the premise of this show? Bud, you've never watched I think you should leave. Nuh-uh. Brian? Uh, no. Kirsten? It's so fucking awkward. It's so fucking It's so funny. fucking awkward. It's so fucking funny. And I figured that from the trailers, which is definitely a reason it was deprioritized on my watch list. Because of the awkward level? I'm not a big Sean Freud person myself. It's so awkward. But it's not real <laughs> awkward. It's just jokes. This is the show. Awkward is jokes. So fucking funny. There's the season in season two. Oh my god, it was a really, really great season of the show, and there are some of the greatest comedy sketches I have ever seen, ever, bar none. Like wow. tears streaming down your face as you're wow. crying, laughing at this show. It's so funny. So I don't know. I'm really excited to watch season three, and of course, Netflix. They get me right away. What was it? A week ago that I reported oh, to you. Oh, that's right. You just dumped your subscription. I just <laughs> dumped my subscription. Oh my god! If I reignite it for just this one show, I have a feeling like they're gonna send someone to my house to laugh in my face, <laughs> call me a stupid moron, and everything. But 
Um, th- this show really, really is worth your subscription for one month. It's so funny, you guys. Oh, yeah, I didn't even say it was on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Thank you. Uh, is everybody in the show an actor, or are they, are they doing th- any pranks on real people? No, it's... They look like they're all actors. It's all actors, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and they're really good. Which makes it very slightly less awkward, but only very slightly. That's what... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, geek news proper. This... I don't know. Must be the timing of it. This seems like it happened quite a while ago, but I guess it was last Wednesday or Thursday. Tina Turner has died uh, at age 83. She had a a raft of health problems sort of toward the end of her life. And uh, yeah, what a and also what a freaking career. Holy smokes. Uh, Quite an amazing opportunity to reflect on how um, amazing her work and her music and her advocacy was. Yeah, it's it was it's wild to read. Like everyone knows about, you know, I can Tina Turner and all the you know the horrible things that happened there. But it was really interesting to read, like how she really reinvented herself after she finally get got away. And like the one thing that she wants, she let him keep all the music and uh, and like everything to get away from him. And she just wanted to keep her name, mm. Tina Turner, mm-hmm. like like her because Tina's not wasn't her real name. Like oh. he gave her that name and then. Turner, obviously Ike Turner's last name. Right. Because she realized like the power in marketing Tina Turner. Right. Um, so it was really mm-hmm. wild. And then yeah, she reinvented herself in the eighties and, and like Paul, you were talking about on the radio, fucking Nutbush is a banger. Nutbush is a banger. <laughs> An Australian banger. Yeah, you guys know? <laughs> Yo, Brian, you must know about Nutbush. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great song. Another so on on what you were saying, Kirsten, actually, uh, with reinventing herself, um, Geek related. She also played the main antagonist in Mad Max Beyond right? Thunderdome. Of course, <laughs> that's right. You may enter and so the song. Too, I think that. Right? Well, and then her character in the film kind of metaphorically mirrored her life at the time. Yeah, right. Okay. Like her world basically fell apart, and then she emerged in an even better place than before. Sure. Yeah, right? I totally so. forgot she was in Mad Max. Um, yeah. Also, weirdly got. Sh- Shared around. I don't know why. She was in like this Pepsi commercial for the 80s. Did you guys see that? Oh, with David Bowie? Bowie. Yes. Oh my God. Right. Oh, you forgot all about that. He was like trying to make the perfect woman. Like it was was a weird science type of thing where he's like inserting elements of of a woman that he wants into a big, horrible 80s style machine. Yeah. Yeah. And then like a a Pepsi spills on it and Tina Turner comes out. That's what makes her Tina Turner. Wow. (laughs) Oh, so good. But it was like to see them both together and I saw one really good comment I saw on that was like I hope they both made one billion dollars from this like, these two very um, incredible artists in this horrible sugar water commercial like it's so, you gotta so go, silly I'll find it we'll put it in the cue sheet you gotta watch it it's, it's really great pretty great yeah uh, yeah I yeah that queued up that's amazing so for our show I went through and I made like a um I was just doing a montage of music right just like put, splashing together a bunch of music from her and and that was a really fun exercise to actually go through. And I'm sure everyone has kind of done a version of this, just got, you know, gone and hit our essentials playlist on Spotify or whatever mm-hmm. and checked it out. And um, holy smokes, did, was there ever just an amazing catalog of music there? Um, there's, yeah, We Don't Need Another Hero. That was the song from Mad Max, I believe, right? 
That yeah. sound very Mad Maxy. Was that the Mad Max song? I'm pretty sure it was. Y'all can double check me on that. But then, of course, Goldeneye. You remind me of that, Kirsten. Yeah. That she does the theme song to Goldeneye, and it's incredible. Like such a perfect voice for the reinvention of James Bond mm-hmm. in the early '90s with the new Bond and everything. Perfect. Um, and then just all of her rock music as well. The covers that she did. Yeah, she really was a singular talent. For sure, will be missed. All right, next up, related to the WGA strike. So, <sighs> Deadpool 3 has started filming, but Ryan Reynolds will not be able to do any of his very classic, very well-known-for improvising because he is a writer. That counts as this, writing. This is what I was saying last This is what I was saying last week is that you exactly can't Exactly what you were saying the, last week. Oh my. So he has right. to Okay, here's my question. If the script is something like I got you. Like, I got you. Could you change it to, like, I've, I have you? Or is that writing? That's writing. That's writing. That's writing. You have That's, to, writing. That's writing. So, like, could a write, like, could somebody go through the Deadpool script and be like, uh oh, he put an extra fuck in here. That fuck was not in this script. <laughs> yeah. And well, so, okay. Like, so, here's a couple of things on this. Well, so, first of all, um, the first time Ryan Reynolds played Deadpool was in X-Men Origins Wolverine in 2007, mm-hmm. and that was made during a writer's strike. Oh, no, really? Oh, is right, that too. why that movie's yeah. so bad? Oh, wow. Oh, well, God. that's why the second, uh, definitely the, the second tributes. part of that movie, they fucked up Deadpool. Yeah. But Ryan Reynolds' initial appearance as Deadpool in the first scenes, like, say, the elevator scenes, Reynolds, and that's what made him synonymous with Deadpool mm-hmm. because he showed up on set to be Deadpool and he didn't have anything in his script. His, he actually said this in an interview is that his script basically said Wade Wilson shows up, talks really fast. <laughs> and that was it. So he basically Insert all of those here. Yeah, all of those scenes in the beginning of Wolverine of X-Men Origins Wolverine was all Ryan Reynolds. It was fully improv and that's when it was like, oh yeah, this guy's totally Deadpool. Incredible. And then they fucked up the rest with like obviously pretty bad writing and sewing his mouth closed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Oh my god. You forgot about that? But yeah, so you can't do that in this case because he holds multiple titles for this filming, you know, producer and that of a writer and he's a, a screenwriter's guild writer. Yeah. Um I think what they're doing uh kind of the way they can get around this is with the fact that Deadpool in this iteration of Deadpool, he's fully masked and they sort of just CGI his face to uh. make his mouth and eyebrows move so that he could easily kind of just add newly written lines oh, in post yeah. after this thing that oh, resolves right. itself. Oh, so oh, that's yeah. kind of brilliant actually. But yeah. that's like that's like what's it called? <laughs> brain. Is it like cheating? I had a cheating. better analogy for that. But that's cheating. Like that's No, that's first breaking my mind. That, yeah, kind of. That like then the, all the writers, the poor. Writers. But he's also a producer. He's got to get this movie made, right? He, and then like at the same time, then he's also paying um, uh, people that are working behind the camera to to still be working. That's true. While this is happening, that's true. You know? Oof. Why not just pause one. it then? Why like can you save some money by pausing it? Yeah, but again, so you can, but then there are going to be people that are out of work because of that. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that they're going forward with this production and so many other productions are stalling considering how much improv on set is a thing for Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're right, Brian. Maybe it's exactly that. They're like, well, we can add it later. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just like have a bunch of scenes where he's just doing yeah, this just, with his mask on. Yeah, yeah. And then they add like a crude line. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's going to be so wild to watch back and, and have that knowledge in my brain now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Next up, Sony has announced it's not necessarily a PlayStation handheld. Like, it's not its own handheld console. It is a handheld streaming device for the PS5. So Project Q is what it's called uh, right now, and it will... So it's a handheld device, and it basically looks like you took a DualShock controller, split it in half, Mm -hmm. and put a switch in the middle of it. Yes. Um, So over Wi-Fi 2, you can use remote play and play any compatible game that you have bought and installed on your PlayStation 5. So this isn't like a separate ecosystem like... The you know Vita. the Nintendo home consoles and the Nintendo DS consoles. This isn't like the PlayStation Three and the PSP, the PlayStation Portable. This is meant to interact with your already existing PlayStation Five. Um, yeah. So that's the first part of their announcement, and the second part is that they're releasing PlayStation earbuds, and you know lossless audio. They claim, and that's great. That's a thing. The important part will be low latency because transmitting like Bluetooth is slow. Uh, so transmitting audio to earbuds wirelessly and keeping it in time with the game, this will be the trick. If they don't get this right, it's not like nobody's really gotten this super accurate. Like you can't, you can't listen to audio cue. Like for instance, you can't fish an Animal Crossing, you know, with wireless um, oh, earbuds yeah. because the sound is delayed from the video. Thank you for and that example because I'm like I listen to stuff in my earbuds all the time, like movies, and you think that exactly. would bump me because like yep. the, if it's slightly off with the mouth, mm-hmm. that would bump me, and I've never noticed. But yeah, the audio cues and things like that, like fishing, like yeah. that's important. Yeah, your phone is able to compensate and slow the video down so it matches up with the signal going to your ear, but you can't do that with the game because it's all happening Uh, in real time. Oh. Weird. Weird. So, yeah, like if you're listening for like the click of a gun, you know, the shot Mm -hmm. of a bullet or something, and it's even microseconds behind, by the time you turn, you're you're done kind of thing. So Mm. I think the latency will be the most important part of this. But yeah, two big announcements from Sony today. I'm excited for that handheld thing. It's so weird, though, because it's basically like a a mirror. Like it's like, you know what I mean? It's mirroring what you're playing. It's not another system. Um, But I love my Switch so much. I play my Switch handheld. That's all I play. I know. You love a handheld. I love a handheld. a lot of people do um and i wouldn't mind that with my my new ps5 like yeah which has been going how How have you been enjoying that good yeah i'm actually i'm like almost survivor jedi colon survivor um (laughs) but what i've noticed like so i feel like if i was an online or a multiplayer gamer i feel like the ps5 would be a huge step up like it Mm. does you know, like multitasking, um, things that it never did before, like screen, like it, it doesn't interrupt your game if you're like trying to connect to a party or um, look at who's online or, or look at your achievements or whatever, where it used to like just leave the, the game entirely. <laughs> um, so, but I don't do that so that those features aren't really, they're kind of a little lost on me. And then the graphics in Jedi colon Survivor don't seem that much better than my PS4, to be honest with you. And maybe it's just not the best representation, even though it's a PS5 exclusive um, of the graphics in the game. But other than that, like I'm loving how fast it is. So, 
Nice. Glad may, to hear it. May, this is a dumb question, but you know, with this announcement too, d- did the Switch kind of kill the bespoke handheld video game system? Like, was there any other than the DS? Bud has yeah, one. the PSP, the PlayStation Portable, and, oh, and, right. the, and the one Bud has the, the what's the one you have? Oh, you mean the Steam Deck? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right, but the Steam Deck is playing games that you can also play on your PC. The like the the PSP and the DS had their own library of games mm-hmm. and they weren't transferable from one to the other. So is that um, slowly kind of going away then? Like this is going to be the new thing It's just you know, the what the experience you can have, the games, the everything you can have on your big console also can be made portable quite easily at this point. Absolutely. I right. think I think Nintendo really sealed that coffin uh, you know, to their own DS system and any chance of a PlayStation Portable or that kind of thing coming back again with its own library. Mm-hmm. I think they just realized it was too much maintenance, too much trouble, too much uh, splitting of the audience. And so, yeah, you can have both experiences, but it's the same game and you only buy it once. I think Nintendo nailed it and I don't think that's ever coming back. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, and, and PlayStation hasn't fixed that either because you can only do this like on the same network. Like I couldn't take oh this gosh. PlayStation right. thing away on an airplane. Oh, that's right, too. It's Wi Fi. Too, you got yeah. yeah. You have to be in the same house. Oh well. Um, so I, I have a feeling that Microsoft and Sony are putting all of their eggs in the virtual reality basket. I feel like that's where that's gone. Right. They're like, whatever, Nintendo's won. We'll let them have that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll do this mirroring thing so that those people are happy, and let's do virtual reality instead. That makes some yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay, I get that. So, bird's eye view to uh, an older, uh, what was season four, season three or four or five or something like that of Game of Thrones. Uh, we had a battle between uh, Gregor Clegane, uh, the Mountain, and, and Oberyn Martell, and it was a great battle. And well, I guess we're gonna get into spoilers. It really looked like Oberyn Martell, who was played by Pedro Pascal, it really looked like he was gonna David this Goliath. Um, then he got tripped, and and the mountain basically put his thumbs into um, uh, Oberyn Martell's eye sockets and, and squished him and killed him. Ugh. For years after that, <laughs> here's the quote from Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Wait, that was such a cute way of saying that. He squished him and he killed he him. Squished him. He squished him. He squished him and killed him. Yeah, it was the most violent thing it. I think I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was it was pretty shocking. Shocking. Definitely. I remember watching it for the first time. That oh. like. Because I hadn't read the books yet. I think at that point those books were out and people knew it was coming. But even just watching, there's that scene where he, he punches the mountain and punches him and his teeth go flying. Mm. And oh. I remember still being like, eh, that's okay, well, teeth are one thing. He's still fine. <laughs> He's still going to win this thing. And But that was really the like, there's your your signal that this is over, that the mountain Burial. now has the upper hand in a such a lethal way, it, and it was so brutal and sad to watch that. Oh my god! Yeah, it was it was like a it was like a cracking open a watermelon. Like that's oh what it was like. Oh my god! Too yeah. much. That's what he did eventually. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, first there's like these excruciating <laughs> seconds of oh the the <laughs> eye gouging, and I know that's what I you're getting to, to right? So what do you get? And then just like he's screaming, screaming, yeah. and he's blood everywhere. You can just imagine what it's like to have your eye jelly balls just squished. Oh, my God. So by the horrible. way, if you ever get attacked by a wild animal, stick your fingers in its eyes. Oh, it probably Ooh. hurts them, too. Yeah. That's I thought you were supposed to stick your finger in their butt or something. Or that. What was that? Anywhere 
orifice, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want. Up Whatever you have good, good access to. Yeah, you know, I was going to say the not eyeballs. the mouth. Yeah, they're a little close to the teeth, so maybe Brian's right. Maybe yeah, but if it's trying to eat you, yeah. put your You're close eyes. there. Yeah. Well, you say, you yeah. try and spin them. Yeah. Just give them a spin. If, and then if you're putting, they could be too long for reach around. Yeah, if you're putting your fingers in its butthole, what, is it running away and you're just like, hey, <laughs> you're like, hey come here. Anyway. Come here, I'm not done with you. Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> I didn't think this Pedro morning Pep. when I was getting to work at 8 o'clock that Curse and I would both be doing <laughs> miming, p- poking a bear in a butthole. I like how we both went with two fingers, too. Oh, one wouldn't be yeah. enough. Yeah. Oh, one you guys. certainly wouldn't be enough. Three, you really can't. Get the, okay, so Pedro Pascal most forceful. says, quote, and you do a little twist. <laughs> for years, here's the quote. We both did it. Yeah. Stop, both it. Stop it. Stop it, Paul. Emotion. Stop it. Mute yourself. Pedro Pascal says, people were. Him. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> Pedro Pascal says, people were super into taking selfies with their thumbs in my eyes. This comes from a round table with the Hollywood reporter. Uh, Jeff Bridges was there. Uh, Kieran Culkin. Uh, Michael Imperioli was there as well. Um, oh, Evan what Peters. This Anyways, so at first he says, I was so earnest and happy about the success of the character in their show. I'd let them do this. And then I remember getting an eye infection. Oh, Yucky. Like, Ew. <laughs> Yuck. So he stopped doing that. Yeah. But it makes a good headline. Good for him for entertaining that for so long, though. Totally. Like, at those Comic-Cons, because that's a, I, what I imagine this happened at, was like yeah, at a Comic-Con, sure. and you paid to get a photo of Pedro Pascal, and that's what you wanted to do. You know how many yeah. pe- people that that could be that paid for that <laughs> experience? Oh, my God. Like, in a day, it's just another one comes in, like, can I do? Yes. <laughs> like Your eyes are like a cesspool of thumbprint and then imagine because i'm imagining this was uh, before covid but imagine if it was like during and everyone had like hand sanitizer and they're just oh my god that wouldn't last two minutes oh my god oh you just run away with your eyes burning what a true what a treasure though for him oh truly no kidding what a guy he's really so wholesome but i can tell you from experience it only takes one to like get an infection so yeah okay thank you you one finger well it's just like one person who has bacteria well, do you know what I mean? Who say didn't wash quite well enough? Who's touching your eyes that didn't wash? Oh, you know, sometimes it happens. I got a pink eye once. Just you, isn't it? <laughs> your eyes, one person. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take that many people to get an eye infection. No, I you washed. can do it yourself. I wash so well. I wa- I wash until the watch tells me good job. No, Paul. Last week you went on telling us about your weird shower wash where you just you, what bird would you bath. bird bath like. Yeah, that's different than washing hands. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, my God. I don't remember the WHO, the World Health Organization, ever saying, don't just do a bird bath. <laughs> All right. In related Pedro Pascal news, he has confirmed that most of his role in The Mandalorian is voiceover work. Yeah, there no. you go. Duh. Duh. Oh, God. Was it always this way, though, or is this a new development? No, I'm pretty sure. Like, I, I, I reckon it was just sort of like a declining graph. Mm-hmm. But you would notice in the credits that there are actors named uh, Brendan Wayne and Latif Crowder, and they, they, mm-hmm. they're in the credits very regularly now. This season and last season, mm-hmm. they are the body doubles. They are the ones actually in the outfits. That kind of so. sucks for all the other actors that are actually there. You know what I mean? Like who? 
Well, well, the Yoda? The Yoda. The Wet puppeteers? <laughs> Come on, this show is Puppet Masters, no, and you know it. like, uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Carl Weathers? Yeah, sure, Carl Weathers. He's happy to be working. You throw that in a pot with a bone, you got a stew going, baby. Uh, um, oh, my God. Thank you, Paul, for Los, that. Los, Los Poyos guy. Oh, oh yeah. That guy. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a big star. I don't know. Like, I, it just sucks like to be like, I'm going to be on a show with Pedro Pascal. And it's like, nope, you're not. <laughs> well, except for that, who cares? I, I think that when you're an actor, it's really like, who cares? Uh, here's the other thing. They probably promised that these actors would be in a Star Wars, and they thought, wow, and I'll get to go all these really fantastic new planets? <laughs> and then, no, it's a green screen, silly these silly buns. And, like, how often do actors work together? It's not a green screen. It's the volume. And the volume. Keep your volume down. I'm talking here. <laughs> that they, like, they just never work with each other or so so little, or it's, like, all so much of Hollywood and movie making is just so phony baloney. It's just so manufactured and pieced together and patchwork that this is probably not that dissimilar from what happens all the time. That's not true because what other show can you name where someone is constantly wearing a mask where they could be like, yeah, it's not actually that actor. No, but I just, there's a lot of, of times where, you know, it's like two people will be on a show together. Maybe White Lotus is a good example, but I mean, that's a... That's kind of a special case, but I'm you'd be able to find plenty of inter- interviews where it's like, what was it like working with this person who's also in this show? And they'll be like, I saw them at the rap party. I have no idea. Yeah, but that's like people that are never in scenes together, though. Yeah, but, well, it's good enough. You're never in a scene with Pedro Pascal <sighs> unless you're in the one or two scenes where he takes his helmet off. And yeah. even then, I think it's only the puppet. But he didn't even take his helmet off this season. And so I wonder uh-huh. if I wonder if this was always the plan, if they were like, this is why we're going to do this, is because, like, if mm-hmm. we lose the actor, like, commitment-wise, mm. like... Or if it happened, like, Pedro Pascal was finally like, can I just work from home? Like, he was like, everyone else is working from home. This is the thing now. You don't need me here. You just need my voice. Um, Can I just do it from home? And they were like, okay, sure. It's a honey of a deal, and it makes perfect sense. I mean, going back all the way to the original Boba Fett, it was one guy in a costume and one guy doing a voice. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, and Darth Vader was three guys. Who was the third one guy? guy? David Prowse was Darth Vader. Yeah. There was James Earl Jones was the voice. Yes. And then the actor that played him when the the he took his he turned into the egg. Oh, well, that's right. Was a different, different man. There you go. I can't yeah. remember his name right now. There you go. Anyway. Yeah. No one can. <laughs> uh, next up, I first read this on Reddit, and I thought it was a joke, but no, apparently it's real. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of Nine Inch Nails uh, are composing the score for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, <laughs> and a word, a word being described uh, to describe the uh, soundtrack is terrifying. Um, <laughs> where this came from, of all places, was Tony Hawk's podcast, Hawk versus Wolf, um, talking to a photographer. Uh, but yes, apparently Tony Hawk knows that. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are doing the score for the new Turtles movie. I mean, there's obviously a precedent there. Like they, these guys have won Oscars now, or at least oh, Trent yeah. Reznor yeah. has. Social what, Network and but what won't they score? <laughs> oh yeah, Soul. Mm-hmm. They did that Disney movie Soul. Oh, they did mm-hmm. Soul, right? Because yeah. I was going to say this is a bit weird though, because it's not like a big Oscar, you know, whatever movie. Like, this isn't a Christopher Nolan, I guess he, they don't do the, those Nolan ones. But anyway, yeah, point it's taken. just like a, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. How did they get roped into this? 
I mean, I can picture kind of that, like the the undertones, the musical undertones of the movie working with either like a kind of like what they did with Soul, mm. you know, mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, yeah, it's still like a kid and family friendly movie. But I could also see it, especially with the um, the animation style of like New York and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can see it like being like a Fight Club kind of soundtrack, mm-hmm. huh. you know? Why not? They like composing. They just composers gotta compose. <laughs> That's <laughs> yes, true enough. Okay. So Paul showed me this after one of the mixtapes. He's like, "Have you heard of this game?" And I'm like, went over, looked at him, like, "I have not heard of this game." But all I saw about this game was its reviews. It's called The Lord of the Rings: Colon Gollum. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know anything about this. Ga- I'd never heard of this game. I'm just going to read you some of. The headlines for reviews. Please. <laughs> we don't want it. We don't needs it. <laughs> There's nothing precious about this. You shall pass on this one. <laughs> oh, God. Boil it, mash it, stick it in the bin. Um, reviews for it on other systems. Spell Doom for the Switch release. Uh, not precious. I wasted 12 hours reviewing this. <laughs> And Gollum was too broken to review on PS5. Wow. So that's interesting. The devs, um, who are called Daedalic, actually released an apology. Yeah. 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 This uh. About the game. And like, what does it say when that has to happen? And it's a huge, it's like a five paragraph apology. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a lot of reading. <laughs> I'll just read I'll just read the beginning of the first. We would like to sincerely apologize for the underwhelming experience many of you have had with the Lord of the Rings colon Gollum TM upon its release. We acknowledge and deeply regret that the game did not meet expectations we set for ourselves and for our dedicated community. Okay, let's just dig around on this for a little bit. So it's just this it's just this Gollum game where you play as Gollum. Yep. And but it's not Connected to or in the style of the Peter Jackson movies, not really, right? Mm-mm. It's like it looks somewhat similar. It looks obviously. like a gorilla's character. Yeah, and then so so the game sucks. Is not fun to play, but then also is really buggy and terrible. Is what I'm hearing too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's here's, such a shame. Here's a couple more um, ambitious storytelling. Let down by plain parkour. <laughs> the worst plain? reviewed like, game. Wait, sorry, P L A I N or P L A I N? Yeah, P L A I N, like as in normal, boring blah. Okay. Mm. Um, I thought like parkour on the planes. Yeah, was, like, <laughs> parkour on planes. Yeah, plane core. <laughs> uh, Gollum is the worst reviewed game of 2023, and Smeager offerings. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, the headlines were, yeah. Oh, I hates it. Uh, sorry. Anyway, I'll, I'll stop. They're just great. They're just great. <laughs> I, this Apparently, is, don't play this game. God, this is such a bummer. Here we are, twenty years later after the Lord of the Rings trilogy is released, and there's still How people who just think following? that, yeah, yeah, we can just put slap any old thing on any piece of junk, and people will like it still. And nope. it's like, no, 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 no. It's weird though because some properties are so like. Um, good with their licensing and to yeah. make sure that shit like this doesn't get out and like when we were talking about like Tolkien and the the licensing for <laughs> the TV shows and the whole reason why Amazon had to like weirdly take the Silmarillion yeah. was because of licensing so how did this 
How did they get a hold of the rights to make a, a, a game that's actually called Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Colon Golem. Like, that's weird to me. Very weird. So sad, kind of, in a way. Kind of funny, but just also like, oh, God. Conversely, related. Last week, we reported that uh, The Legend of Zelda Colon Tears of the Kingdom was the fastest selling game in the in the Legend of Zelda series. GuinnessWorldRecords.com has confirmed that Tears of the Kingdom has become the fastest selling Nintendo game of all time. Wow. This game continues to crush. Hmm. Like, oh my god, yeah, it's beaten Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Huh? Um, new Super Mario Bros. Uh, for the Wii. Um, These were the previous yeah, highest-selling yeah. Nintendo games? And, okay, and, wow. Yeah, and within the Zelda franchise, Skyward Sword from 2021 was the uh, previously fastest-selling. Oh, I'm surprised about that. Me too, because that was a terrible game. Um, I wonder if that's what happened. It was Everyone was like, well, it wasn't that great. I'll, I'll wait a little bit on the next one. And then yeah. um, the next one came out, and everyone was like, holy shit. Yeah. 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 I've been playing a little bit more of it. And oh, I good. Think, yeah, you're, I'm sure, plowing along there, bud, on it. I'm I'm going okay through it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm finally getting used to the 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 ultra hand. Good. Um. Yeah. I know I'm, you're I'm, having a bit of trouble that. Before. You know. I well, I was. I was kind of just like, I don't want this to be what the be what the game is all about. But I think it's just part of it. And what I'm seeing online is people who really like it, and so they have like endless fun with it. Whereas it's warming me into it enough where I'm having enough fun doing what you need to do. Like there's parts that you need to work the ultra hand to progress and all that. Right. And Zelda always does such a good job of no matter how kind of difficult or new the mechanics are, you know, of your new abilities, it just gets you there in such a progressive, easy one step at a time way that it ends up being good. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm just loving it. I am loving it so much. It's, oh God, it's such a good game. It's, the hype is so real. I'm so excited yeah. to play it and I'm saving it for handheld. Um, Great. Because <laughs> like <laughs> in September, I will just want to handhold a video handhold. game. Handhold. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All yeah. the time, constantly, While in the middle a, of the night. A baby's on you? Well, a baby is on me. Yeah, yes. right. Um, the, the baby, I'm okay. Excited to hold the baby, but more excited to hold the handle. Again. <laughs> <laughs> <No, no. laughs> so I'm saving it for that. I'm saving it for that because that's like one of the things they tell you for like getting up in the fucking middle of the night all the time. They're like, have something that you look forward to doing mm. at 2.45 in the morning. And it's like, what the, whether it be like watch a show or a podcast or whatever. Mm. So it's going to be me playing Tears of the Kingdom at 2.45. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. Can't wait to share with your future child yeah. your power ranking of things to hold. I hope, <laughs> I hope that there's no like like radiation from the switch or something. Oh my god. Imagine you're leaning the switch right on the baby. Yeah. Oh, Is yeah. that right? Yeah. <laughs> instead instead of like a pillow. It's like yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Hilarious. Anyway. So lastly kind of geek news proper, kind of rumors and hearsay, kind of clickbait, but worth the discussion. Mm. Um We'll just preface this. It, it doesn't even come from comicbook.com, <laughs> which is a uh, uh, famously unreliable news source. No, no, no. It comes from cosmicbook.com. Oh, dot news. Sorry. The headline is Marvel's Echo So Bad Deemed Unreleasable by Kevin Feige. 
And in the article, here is the source. The info comes from Jeff Snyder, who has been dropping scoop after scoop on the Hot Mike YouTube show with John Roca. <laughs> Anyways, taking all of this unreliableness or maybe aside. We're the out of touch one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe these are, are huge shows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding, eh? <laughs> I doubt it. Um, but putting all that aside, it is very interesting that Marvel has decided to drop all of the episodes at once rather than what they have done in past so sorry which is week by week is that confirmed yeah that's confirmed. Yeah. oh yeah oh, november that was confirmed 29th before because oh. it was marvel studios that confirmed that uh when they released the dates the, the or they they confirmed the release dates of both loki and echo yeah we talked and they said those. basically a new season of loki starts october the 6th 2023 mm-hmm. all episodes of echo drop on november wow. 29th 2023 which does give a little bit of weight to this rumor mm-hmm. and like this is this podcast guy saying i heard i heard i heard like i heard yeah. kevin feige hates this thing mm. because like if they wanted to put more stock into echo they would do the weekly release thing which yep. means that they're gonna have to spend a little bit more money on marketing mm-hmm. the thing but if they're dropping all the episodes it means they just want it to be out and then go away Wow. That's interesting. I mean, I wasn't very hyped for the show after Echo. Which which show did she show up in again? Hawkeye. In Hawkeye. I was like, they're making a whole show out of this lady? What? So, I mean, just from my basic knowledge there, that makes sense, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. And here here's the thing about these Marvel TV shows is that if something like this happens, great. They have a plan. They just drop it all at once, right? Um, yeah, no kidding. So it's kind of, it's kind of nice that there's like a little bit of a contingency plan here. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, but then it becomes a big signal to the audience is like, this is going to be junk. Don't watch this. But you, but probably have to because there's probably something in it, right? I don't have to. Do I mean, shit. maybe not. <laughs> 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 that's the thing. We won't know till November 29th. That's so far away. Yeah, really. It is so that's far away. that's like a year. More than a year out from when Hawkeye was released. I don't even remember who Echo is now. What am I supposed to rewatch Hawkeye? <laughs> I don't think so. That's a fair point. Yeah, right? We remember who she fought, right? No. No? Big character. Kingpin. Kingpin. She did? Yeah. Because he killed her dad or something, right? Spoilers, I guess. <laughs> right? Is, is she that like right? the girl? Is yeah, she she's the main girl. show? And she's deaf. Or mute. Yeah. Or both. What? Oh, she's deaf. She's deaf, yeah. <laughs> she's deaf. What? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, oh, my oh, God. Paul. Oh, my God. Oh, I didn't mean it like that, but oh, okay. Can't can't wait for the new season of Echo, November 29th on canceled streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. It remains to be seen. We are on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's not 91 second movie review of a series called American Born Chinese. Yeah. Did you finish it, bud? Or? Did not. No, I'm only, you were, only what, three episodes through. Yeah. Okay. It's six episodes, right? Uh, six? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yeah. So I'm halfway through. And I have um, lots, but I'm very curious to hear yours. I loved it. Good. I thought it was a very relatable coming of age story. Oh, my God. Uh, I love pretty much every character in it. Very thoughtful and thought provoking. Um, pretty fun family viewing as well. Like the kids loved it. Like we had watched, awesome. you know, a few episodes. Um, I think it was like 
I don't remember if it was like Friday evening and then in the morning they're like, can we watch Amer- more of American Born wow. China? Like they, they're really into it. Um, probably could have benefited from more episodes, actually. That's a rarity. Um, yeah, yeah. Because the story, I thought the story was that good. And it also was like, because not all the characters directly connect, right? You, you spend a little bit of the beginning wondering why Kihi Kwan uh, is cast the way he's cast because it looks he's like pretty disconnected from the rest of the actual story. Yeah, but it does you know connect and it's got a very thoughtful connection to it and kind of mirrors sort of his kind of Hollywood career. I thought and that, so I thought that was really well done. You know, I love the little cameos from you know the you know characters from every, or the actors from everything everywhere all at once also uh you know destin daniel cretton who um directed shang chi directed a bunch of episodes of this uh and so yeah i, I also loved the action in this and the oh like the God. i guess the wire foo yeah right? it's do, so like, a lot cool of was like flying and everything like that and i thought it was really good and then yeah of course michelle yo crushed it in mm-hmm. as her character she was mm-hmm. so fun to watch mm-hmm. Yeah, only a couple episodes in. I'm loving the plot. I'm loving the idea. I'm fine. I'm just finding some of the moments to be a little bit cheesy. But again, I'm maybe that's an audience thing. Yeah, and I see like that's the other thing too. As I, I am also used to watching some of the like the younger kind of Disney streaming shows, like television shows. They're oh, they all like that because I'm watching it with you know the kids. Yeah, and, you know a lot of them are like that. You you kind of have to get used to. Um, these new actors you've never seen before and these new young actors as well. Um, but, you know, I really grow to, I grew to like, really like that main character, um, Jin. Yeah. And, um, no, I do think know, he's at, great. At first you're like, oh, it doesn't seem to really have a whole heck of a lot of charisma, but like you end up really liking him and his story. And yeah, I thought it was definitely worth it. It looks like a great ah, show. Cool. Like I, I watched the trailer after we talked about it in this podcast, and looked really, really cool, really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's cool. I'm glad you guys were watching it. Uh, me, 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 my, my turn. My, my turn. Me. I watched. I finished uh, Mrs. Davis. Oh, which you again, did. Yeah, it was a show I'd never heard of. Uh, but in my podcast feed where I was, I did have a like a recap show for Westworld. That feed just sort of went dead because Westworld went dead. And But I forgot I didn't take it off my feed. And then it just resurrects. It just pops back up and they're like, hey, we're uh, Peacock gave us screeners for this show called Mrs. Davis. It's going to be amazing. You're going to love it. Here's the premise. And they told me the premise. And I'm like... Wow, that's weird. Um, and then I heard that Damon Lindelof uh, is a part of it from Lost and the Watchmen series. And I watched it and whew, what a ride. What a very strange but incredibly well done ride. Um, the gist of the show is there's a nun who has been tasked to destroy the Holy Grail, the actual Holy Grail, by an all-powerful AI, which everybody, most everybody on the planet, is hooked into and which has seemingly solved world hunger and famine and war. Mm-hmm. So it's very grand, but at times very silly. Um, and it's not religious uh but there are a lot of religious themes 
Um, That's and cool. It just it's really well acted. Betty Gilpin uh, from Glow, Glorious Ladies of Wrestling, uh, plays Sister Simone, the main character, and. Yeah, the the cast is fantastic, and they're not like all sort of huge names. There are a couple people that we will remember. Um, there's um, Tom Olishka who played Jack and Agar in Game of Thrones. Uh, he's in here. There's Katja Herbers who was the Man in Black's daughter from Westworld. Um, she's in there with a, a great role. But yeah, I just it's it's eight episodes. The episodes are between forty five minutes and an hour. And it's just the wildest concept. It's so ridiculous. And there are just there's just some great wow moments and great laugh out loud moments and a and a, a very watchman level mystery. As the pieces fall together, you're like, oh holy crap, I did not I did not see that coming at all. So would highly recommend that show. But yeah, you, you have to do it's not a casual watch. You mm. do sort of have to be like mm-hmm. there. Polly, did you have a chance to chat with Art about Succession? No, but yes, we will. And here it is now. (laughs) Oh, I see. I see. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) What is time even? Buckle up, fucklehead. That's my favorite Succession (laughs) insult. Who said that? Tom says it to Greg. (laughs) That's fantastic. I just know that but um uh, hey dude, look it if you didn't watch the show then leave us alone yeah you can't be you it can't was, be here it was great okay it was great there's your spoiler free now here's spoilers hello everyone this is a spoiler alert thank you tom who won the whole thing or did he oh king 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 mm-hmm. or is he yeah i've been struggling with this I think, yes, okay. he won. Okay. Because this is what he's always wanted. You think so? From the beginning, he has been, uh, what, what did Shiv say? He'll suck the biggest dick in the room. Yeah. And he'll do it. Classic a, line, too, by the way. Great line to save that for the finale about Tom, because it's been true since the moment we met him. Yes. And finally, for a different, a bigger or just different dick than Logan's to finally show up yeah. with Madsen there, uh, I mean, it was just so perfect. She also says he's an empty suit. And I think he doesn't care that he's all those things. No. No, no, it, I know the ending of this show, I feel like was perfect in that, like, if it was any of the Roy kids, yeah. it would have been very unsatisfying. If it was Kendall, who has been set up since episode one as wanting it so desperately, mm-hmm. that wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of show. Mm-hmm. He's not a hero, you know. Uh, if it was Shiv, like Shiv had her moments where you were really rooting for her throughout the series, and then she would just go ahead and show you what an awful person and how little she deserved it as well, as much as she tried to be, you know, the new version of her dad. And then Roman, I mean, like, he's a maniac. You can't have Rome take over this thing and that'd be satisfying. So, and Connor, give me a break. So, so <laughs> what can you do? And you can't have Greg do it either. You can't have Greg win the CEO because we joked about ca- it. We joked about you it. You wanted it, right? <laughs> we joked about it. Uh, did you hear the theory about Tom and his last name? No, Wham's Gams. <laughs> Wams begin. Yeah. So there was a theory, and this goes to sports. Oh. And the theory was 
There was a baseball player in the 1920s. His name was Bill Wamsbegin. Okay. And he induced the only ever triple play unassisted. So he got all three outs by himself okay. in an inning. Okay, yeah. So everybody's like, well, so why is Tom's last name the same <laughs> yes. as Wamsbegin? And here he is doing the triple takeout at the end of the show. Wow. So it was there all along. Yes. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, like people have said about this show that it's Shakespearean in the way mm. that it's written and everything. Yeah, so yeah. a long con in that way where, uh, you know, Tom is set up from the very start to have snaked his way in and working with Greg in the way that there's this weird dynamic <laughs> of like, you know, because that as well, I don't know, I'm not smart enough, I'm not literate enough to know the exact um, but but they actually say it in season three, they are having this conversation about how they're this like mythic, ep- epic, classical um, team from, I don't know what it is, maybe it's from Shakespeare, maybe it's from like Greek mythology maybe. right, do you remember that kind of yeah. him talking about that and, and then they have a very paralleled arc, the two of them, and the way they work together at the end of season three. I thought that was going to be their big moment, but then here comes Tom just being there, the empty suit, sucking the biggest dick, and he gets it. Okay, let's go to the other side of Tom winning this. And we're talking about maybe he didn't win. And this is where the more I think about it, the more I like the ending. Okay. Because I think it's... It's it's to the eye of the beholder who won a little bit. Uh, and we talked, and at first I remember watching watching the end of the show with you and the big moment with Shiv freaking out, yeah. not deciding what, you know, deciding that she changed her mind. Um, and I'm like, why would she fuck herself over here? Does she hate her brother that much? Mm. But I was thinking about it and I was like, in a way she... She loses, but she still wins more than the rest of her family. Yes. If she can put the relationship with Tom back together. And uh, it, it was a big red herring early in the episode when he... The phone call. Yeah, that phone call. Yes. Where he's just like, no. Can we right? check Slovakia this? Yeah, right? Yes. Um, and then... And then, but she, I think, makes that calculation that it's, it would be an easier path for her to maintain power to get back with Tom, with her, his baby and her tummy. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, and have him be the CEO than try and influence Kendall in any way. And it's a Shakespearean tragedy in that that's a victory for her. Yes. Yes, right? it is. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. Um, the show, I've, I've heard this about it too, is that this is the darkest finale HBO maybe has ever done. You know, like, unless you're like me, a Sopranos purist who really believes that Tony was shot in the head in front of his family at the end of The Sopranos. Yeah. Pretty dark, but they didn't show it. This is dark. Yeah. You know, it has a similar um, feeling of, of kind of like ambiguity. You don't quite know exactly how everyone is going to go from here, but you've got a good enough look that Rome goes back to just being some rich prick drinking in a bar, and that's Man. really all he's good at. <laughs> Shiv puppet mastering her husband, reduced down to her biology there. Yeah. And Kendall, the great tragedy of his life that he was that close to what he perceives as his birthright and he lets it slip through his fingers at the last possible second. Like, that is tragic. And while you say that's dark and tragic, 
it's all true in the eye of the beholder of every one of those kids mm. and where they were going with this, because ultimately they really wanted um, the prestige that their dad never gave them, the mm-hmm. the, the the accomplishment that their dad the dad the dad would never give them that. Mm-hmm. Uh, still, though, they sold their company for $195 a share, <laughs> which works out to like hundreds of millions of dollars for each of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. If and, not billions, right? Yeah, yeah. if not billions. Yeah. So it's like, sure, it's a tragedy that they weren't able to assume the throne and get what they've always wanted from their dad. Mm-hmm. But they're still doing okay, even though Kendall's looking into the sun like it's the last thing you'll ever see. I know. I know. Well, it's interesting, yeah, because when you think that it's very likely they inherited his billions. Yeah. That even split nicely between the four kids plus the wives, <laughs> billions of dollars yeah. in inheritance money coming. And and then, yeah, whatever is in the company that they get as well. Um, it's, it's an interesting commentary on... Um, f- like wealth in that yeah. way. Yeah, this is this horrible family that's one of the you know the the uh, in the fictional world of this show. Yeah. they're one of the wealthiest families on earth, and yet they still are so unhappy. The billions of dollars True. are unhappy. All that could bring them happiness is like achieving on their own. And I think that's kind of interesting. You know, Logan was like a miserable old bastard, but he was always confident and happy. Because he built that. That was his empire that he built. Yeah. And these kids, you know, the best they could do was try and grab what he had built, and they couldn't even do that. And all the money in the world's not going to cheer them up. Like, that's wild. And ultimately, that's what he wanted with this deal. He wanted the money. Take the fucking money. Yeah. That's what he said, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Logan Roy gets what he wants in death. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> let's let's talk about the kind of, I would say the new Logan Roy, the the Skarsgård character, Matson. Oh, Matson, yeah. Because he is fantastic in this season. Yeah. And really nothing happens without him. And some of these last scenes that he had where he, like, has Tom sing for his supper. Yeah. And the conversation he has about how he wants to bang Shiv. Yeah. And he has a, he has a line where he goes, like, why not get the guy who put the baby in the girl? And it's just it's a it's a crazy psychopathic line. Oh, it's evil. And very evil. And I'm like, this guy is Logan Roy. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's the modern version of it, right? I mean, that's what the show has done really well is everything is so fictional down to the presidential candidates and everything, but it all feels so real because there's no direct comparison, Logan Roy, to real life. Closest, I guess, would be uh, Murdoch. Murdoch, Yeah. Yeah. But, and same with Madsen, like kind of, he's like... Elon Musk a little bit, Maybe, but, but yeah. more like um, Facebook man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever yeah, his yeah. name is right there. Yeah. Uh, Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg. So it's like, yeah. but he's not. He's not really either of them. And yeah. and they're and they're both just like these really evil caricatures of, you know, both of these types of guys that do exist in the real world. And But again, they just feel so real. Same with Minkin there, the president. Yeah, right? Minkin, like, yeah. He's so different from Trump, but he's very clearly supposed to be the parallel. I found it uh, funny, ironic, uh, and I was thinking about earlier that Madsen being the techie guy, Mm -hmm. almost getting screwed over by tech, Google Translate, (laughs) 
at the bar when they're taking shots and it's Greg yes. who uses Google Translate to figure it out. Yeah. And that could have sunk Madsen if it wasn't for Shiv deciding to turn. Yeah. Um, so there, so there it is. I think those are yeah. some good thoughts on this finale. But yeah. um, generally, would you? I mean, clearly, you think it stuck the landing. I did, and you think it, it has cemented itself as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And I, I think it's going to be referenced from now on with the top TV shows. I think so. I think so too. Yeah, I think it did a lot in a really relatively short amount of time. When you think about it, it's thirty nine episodes an hour yeah. each, and that's it. Four quick seasons. It it's yeah it's pretty incredible. There's a lot of holdouts uh, for people who haven't seen it yet that I know as well. That I think the show will it will um, what's the phrase? It'll age nicely. Mm-hmm. I think people will go back and watch it just like you know other shows. So um, yeah, do you think so? I do. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. I think it. I think it was so perfectly in its time and place as well. Like we really needed a show like this to comment on kind of society and what the big things about society are right now and that's what HBO is doing really well right now. White Lotus does it in kind of a different way but it's it's a similar thing. It's taking on wealth inequality which you know is really kind of the biggest issue of our time I think anyways other than climate crisis and so it's great that that we have shows about that to really make us to reflect the horror that we're in and and kind of show us about it. Well said. Well that was great. Yay. (laughs) Good chat about Succession. Y'all going to watch Succession now? Kirsten, I know, is having a hard time with Succession. No, we just watched the first episode. Mm, You said you're having a hard time? No, I just said it didn't hook me. That's hard. The first episode, like, I'll still watch it. It's not a big commitment, right? It's only four seasons, ten episode seasons. That's true. That's very true. Um, But, uh, yeah, just the first episode didn't hook me. But what TV show, usually the first episode, you're like, yeah. Mandalorian. I'll give it that. Mm. Mrs. Davis, I'll give it that. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, yeah, Succession did not. I will not give it that. Um, <laughs> and like I said, it was, it was because I was like, who are you people? Like, there's no one I recognize in there. And then you guys were like, but this and this and this. I was like, I don't know those people. The yeah. only person I know is the little kid from Home Alone 2. <laughs> Kieran Culkin? <laughs> yeah. The one who yeah. spells the Pepsi all over everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. He fucks up those passports real nice. Yes, he does. And then pees the bed. Uh-huh. Um, pees the bed. Brian Cox in the first episode? No. Who? Okay. Well, that'll do it. Okay, sure. That's yeah. right. You. That's what he said. <gasps> You'll recognize when Brian Cox shows up. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, yeah, he's like a huge, huge character on the show, but it's true. He He's not in the first, like, episode or two or mm. even more. Funny. Anyway, I, I mean, it's not like I can't watch a show with all new people in it or anything, <laughs> but I was just like, I don't know, like, and I've heard that, you know, this show is kind of like a show of unlikable people and, yes. like, you don't like them and mm-hmm. you don't like any of them and... Um, I don't know. I like to have a person to root for. And so me having seen one episode of this, um, <laughs> the guy that I like is the oldest brother that's like, I have a moisture farm. Yeah. He's, like, he's like a fucking like, wow. hippie that doesn't want to be involved in the family drama. I'm like, oh, this guy. You'll grow to hate him, no, too. No, don't tell me oh, that. Yes, I'm like, I love this like moisture farming hippie that's no. like, I don't care for my... Family's crazy, like, because obviously, you know, he's the oldest. It's weird that he's not inheriting the company Mm -hmm. or he wasn't offered the company in this first episode. Yeah. Um, Mm. But he just doesn't want anything to do with it. And I'm like, okay, you. Well, (laughs) I choose you. Stick with (laughs) it. (laughs) Stick with it and avoid spoilers as best you can because it really. 
as Art and I just discussed at great length, uh, was great the way it ended. <laughs> um, I will say, I talked to Art yesterday, and I asked him, because both you and him were like, if it sticks the landing, it's going to be the best show, maybe since Breaking Bad, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Now, you weren't so sure about it, but when I talked to Art yesterday, because he came over and we watched the season finale, series finale of Ted Lasso. Right. He said it did stick the landing. And perhaps I'm repeating something he just said that we just listened to. But <laughs> At so, great length, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, never mind. Um, and it's not in the cue sheet. Can I talk about Ted Lasso Oh, real quick? please do. I wish you would. Before we get to Brian's review. Yeah. I, is that okay? Yep. Yeah. We watched the ser- series finale last night of Ted Lasso. It was great. Art came over. He brought fried chicken. Aw. From where? Art. From... Uh, um, Thunderbird. Oh, right. it's delicious. Nice. Not your favorite. Okay, not my favorite. Um, it's still pretty good, but also not looking best. very fit. He's going to the gym a lot. Okay. We don't see him. Yeah. So, oh. um, yeah. And, and when he, we do see him, it's like his face. It's so. his face. Yeah. yeah you so. noticed? You noticed he was noticeably fitter. Johnny did. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. This has been a review of art. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> looking good. Eating fried chicken. <laughs> um, Wait except, a minute. Except then he was like, "This is my cheat day." I'm like, "Art, you're a small person. Like, you're yeah. not. You don't need a cheat day, dude." Um, anyway, we watched Ted Lasso. <laughs> this um, series finale was an hour and fifteen minutes, and I will say some of the reviews of this final season of Ted Lasso has said that it's really struggled in the episode length because instead of being like nice little. 35 40 minute comedy situational comedy episodes they they're they're longer they're about an hour ish like yeah, average yeah, in yeah, this yeah. last season mm-hmm. um and i i do think it has struggled with that there were i felt a couple filler episodes in this oh. last season um and if you go and watch the first season of Ted Lasso and watch this last season, it's like you're watching a completely different show. Because you started kind of recently, right? Like you? No, we watched them all as it as they came out. As it came oh, out, okay, okay. Um, but it is. It's like you're watching a completely different show, and not like in a bad way, mm. but like the the first season is a workplace situational comedy, right? Which yeah. with um, very like my glowing review of it was like. Very positive comedy, right? Yeah. It's not at the expense of anyone. It was so great. The second kind of like explores more like relationships and drama, and that's when like the crying starts and yeah. the trauma oh, no. and everything. Like, and it's still good. It's still good. It was like a little bit of a bummer to watch, but it was doing kind of more important things. Yeah, there are a two. lot of really important uh, sure. conversations, and like there's a really great episode in here about um, one of the players being gay and like how they. Oh, in season three. In season three, right? Um, like, there's really really good conversations that Jason Sudeikis is, is writing in here and uh, what's his name Hercules who also writes the series yeah Brett Goldstein Brett, Brett Goldstein Goldstein um, but uh, yeah and then the third season is more of the kind of drama crying still comedy but it like doesn't take place as singularly in the football team of Richmond um, and it's kind of like the characters kind of get spread out and the some of the stories kind of get lost Anyway, all that to say, um, the season finale, series finale, was was fine. Like, I'm very happy hmm. with how they wrapped it up. Okay. It's nice. It, it's a very nice, lovely show and a lovely watch. Please don't spoil. I, no, I won't. Okay, okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I like, it, it was, I don't know. It wasn't like, I don't want to be like, it was fine, because it was more than fine. Mm. It was it was a great ending to the show. Um, it just 
changed. It just morphed into a totally different show, I think, by the end of it. Oh, see, I but it's still lovely and still yeah. that Ted Lasso vibe. And um, yeah. I, I found that season three, and again, like, so I'm I'm just two episodes back, and I really wish I could have joined you for Chicken and Finale and Friendship last night, but uh, Foul, Finale, Friendship. <laughs> and Fitness. <laughs> and evidently some fitness as well. Um, so Brian, unmute yourself. We're missing all your great laughs. I can see Brian laughing. But so I'm texting Art right now and giving him real-time updates about your uh, review on his fitness level. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so so uh, I think that season three, from what I've seen of it, which is most of it, is that it is like perfectly balanced. Season one was kind of fluffy. You know, it was good introductions to the show and the characters and it was going to be a different type of comedy you're right season two went quite heavy and mm-hmm. at times was like not as fun but still good season three oh my god what a balance perfect and mm-hmm. I didn't feel the length of those episodes at all mm-hmm. I found that I was so invested so enjoying just being a part of this world mm-hmm. you know that um, make them 10 times longer I was I was loving it every week actually I didn't want the episode to end yeah it I kept my attention I wasn't falling asleep I loved this season of Ted Lasso I think for me it's like it really kind of switched away from focusing on Ted Lasso the name of the fucking show sure and the <laughs> other characters because they had to because the other characters had, you know, split off into they were working different jobs, yeah. doing this or this. Um, but they got interesting. So, But you didn't get as much Ted, who is really the heart of the show. I tend to agree. Um, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, it was really funny. Another thing that Art mentioned was that uh, Jason Tadakis was on Hot Ones. Yes. And he was like, did you watch that? I said no. And then Art was like, he's a sad man. I was like, that is a weird Ooh. thing to say about a man that was just on Hot Ones. Like, that was your That's interesting. Hot One review? That was not my takeaway from Hot Ones. But what did Art, why did he say that? I don't, I don't know. We have to ask Brian, get him on the phone. <laughs> but, um, but Paul, I, ask him backwards in time why he said that. Yeah, ask him during your succession review. Um, <laughs> I'm going to insert that here. But, but I would agree that, like, I feel like this Ted Lasso show is just, like, huge catharsis for Jason Sudeikis because I think it is a lot of about his divorce and his feelings and working through that with, um, is it Olivia Wilde, right, yeah. that he was married to? And, yeah. like, missing his kids and, and, and things like that. And I feel like a lot of that is reflected in the show. Um, so hopefully you're okay, Jason, today. Because <laughs> Art doesn't think you are. That is so interesting. I mean, yeah, the guy has gone through some, some hard times, for sure, publicly, very publicly. But I don't get that he's sad. Oh, I hope that I hope that's... Not the case, and I also hope it's not art projecting. <laughs> no, art? Oh, dear. Oh, art's, dear. Art's super fit now. You can't be sad when you're fit. Anyway, anyway. Got all these endorphins. Uh, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Ted Lasso ended. I'm happy they did three seasons and that's it. They didn't need to draw it out. It had a great conclusion. Um, and now I can watch Succession. Now I have time for that, so... Yay. Art, what do you have to say for yourself? So Ted Lasso, season finale, it was like two days after the succession finale. So I was like, man, I am so lucky to see two of the best shows on TV uh, have their finale. Um, And like succession, I think it ended really well. And I made the phrase, and this isn't a spoiler, but I I thought it did a lot of things that... uh, the Game of Thrones finale did. And 
Ted Lasso wow. did. Yeah. <laughs> and But I think it works in Ted Lasso. And Ted Lasso was true to itself all the way through. Like, these are good people doing good things um, in an upbeat way. And I think... I think you'll be happy where just where every single character lands. And I was, and there's some great final jokes in the final scene that really land well. And I'm happy that um, it could finish that way because a lot, you know, like you said, a lot of these shows can't stick the landing and Succession did and Ted Lasso did. So I think without spoiling anything, it's, it's, as good as advertised. It's, I wouldn't say it's as good as the way Succession finished because Succession will have us talking for years. Sure. Ted Lasso will be like, oh, it's over. I'm sad. I'm going to miss these characters. Yeah. But I'm happy where it ended. Okay. And I'm sorry that I'm not caught up because I would love to get yeah. into spoilers with you. But I and I, <laughs> I had to you know, muzzle Kirsten as well this morning. But come back next week. Hopefully, we'll talk a little bit more about Ted Lasso. Awesome. One last thing before you go. <laughs> good. Now, can you please clarify this? Because Kirsten said this morning that you think Jason Sudeikis is unhappy. Yeah. Why? Did you watch the Hot Ones? <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah, the Hot You're basing Ones. basing this off of Hot Ones. I didn't catch that off of him. I thought he was kind of sad. And maybe it's because he's such a... it's he's such a, He's such a different character than Ted Lasso. Maybe it feels like in comparison to Ted Lasso that he's sad. But as we know from Ted Lasso, there's lots of things underneath the surface Mm -hmm. uh, that aren't happy about Ted Lasso. Um, But I feel like I can kind of... Jason Sudeikis just doesn't seem like a happy guy in all the interviews that he has done for Ted Lasso. It's like... Dude, you you have you're on the biggest show. Yeah. You're, you know, people are going to remember you forever for this character. Yeah. And you can't even crack a smile in some of these, uh, you know, some of these when you're talking about some of these interviews about the show. So, um I'm glad that maybe other people don't think that, but that's the biggest thing I got from like this dude's sad and maybe it's because of what happened with his ex-wife and all the shit that went down with that. Yeah. And maybe some people said, you know, Ted Lasso <laughs> going through that shit as well. Yeah, and this right. is this is uh Jason Sudeikis going through the same emotions and that's helped him to, you know, be a great actor in the show which he has. Has been sure, in yeah, Ted Lasso, so um, I I just think he's sad, and uh, <laughs> I hope he's not. I don't know. I, I maybe I don't have anything yeah, better or yeah. empirical evidence of that. Uh-huh. But uh, seriously, every single interview this guy's in, I'm like, man, you should be a lot happier than you are. Yeah, I know it's a weird thing because he dresses like he's depressed, but it's, yeah. maybe that's just his what he's doing. He just wants to do. He just wants to dress. He goes on the Tonight Show in a hoodie. Like that's just his thing. He accepts his award in a hoodie, right? Like, that's true. But he was he's like a casual. Looking, he, was, he was looking a little overweight as well. Do you think the, so? Yeah. And I was like, is this, is this, are you like going through a phase right now? What is it, Jason? Or maybe, maybe it's for a new role, but I just, to me, pre, pre, pre Ted Lasso, yeah. SNL, any other movie he's been in and the press tours and everything, I'm like, this guy seems like a really funny guy that everybody gravitates to, like an Olivia Wilde would gravitate to. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, funny comedian. Yeah. He, do- he doesn't come off like that anymore. Charming, likable, yeah. handsome. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Did you, the, the hot ones, oh my God, the line that I loved is um, he talks about Owen Wilson chirping him about not being in shape. Oh, yeah. That was like, wow. 
it made me, I was like, that's really throwing Owen Wilson under the bus because Owen Wilson does not come across like a per- good person in that it's moment. It's not like, yeah, you wouldn't think Owen Wilson would say something like that. Yeah, and he does a really good Owen Wilson impression about like, wow, you just put anything in your body, hey? You ever <laughs> wonder what it would be like if you actually worked out? Like, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. the line. You got to go watch Sudeikis tell the story. But it's like, I don't know if he would have told that story if he wasn't burning his face off with hot wings. You know what I mean? That's the beauty of that show. People let their guard down because they're in pain. <laughs> Yeah, that was a, that was a uh, that was a really interesting story, and I, I hope he doesn't feel bad about himself. He went back for the hot wings too. I was just like, dude, <laughs> you must really hate yourself. <laughs> a great place to end it. Art Aronson, everybody, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. Does Brian have one more review to do? Sorry, I don't have a cue yes, sheet. I don't want to do anything except for record because I don't want it to crash. But um, yeah, can I yes, do a does. quick review before then, Brian? Go for it. I watched the number two show on Apple TV Plus right now, uh, after Ted Lasso, apparently, is one called Platonic, and it stars Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen. Oh, my God. It keeps on trying to get me to fucking watch that and watch Ted Lasso, and then it auto-played the thing. I was like, I don't want this. Well, I didn't really want it either, but I ended up watching it, and it's cute. It's good enough and cute. It reminded me of... What's that? Like the Neighbors Next Door movie where... Yeah, bad because that's where they were last in movies together, right? The Neighbors or Bad Neighbors. It's called Neighbors. I think it's called The Neighbors Next Door. (laughs) That's redundant. (laughs) (laughs) That's like solo by yourself. (laughs) That's funny. Uh, But so, no, but it's cute. It's cute to see them back together. In this show... uh, they're both married to different people, and but they they're old old friends. And then the whole show gets started when Seth Rogen's character goes through a divorce, and so then they like kind of reconnect and become friends. And it's enjoyable. Apple TV Plus seems to love making these shows that are just enjoyable, that are just like pleasant. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't rolling around laughing at this thing, and it's not the most jaw-dropping or insightful commentary on friendship that I've ever seen. But it was enjoyable enough. Shrinking was kind of the same thing, too, with um, Harrison Ford and uh, Jason Segel, where it was like, okay, it was a show about relationships and, uh, you know, like different relationships in your life as well as uh, mental health and counseling and therapy and stuff like that. But it all, but at the end of it, it was just like a cute, enjoyable show, good enough kind of fun. And that seems to be the lane that Apple TV Plus likes to be in. No one's doing it as good, as specifically, and as at the high quality that Ted Lasso is doing it. But I like that they're doing it. So good enough. Would would recommend for a little. Cutie Pie palate cleanser, put on some platonic with Seth Rogen and Roseburn. Series or movie? It's a series, weirdly. Yeah, great question, because when I saw it, too, I was like, oh, they're back for another movie. That's fun. Maybe it's a sequel to The Neighbors Next Door. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it was... It's, <laughs> neighbors down the road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, neighbors in the next city. For whatever reason, it's a series, but um, good enough. I'll, I'll, kind of, I'll probably float back to it in moments of like, oh, I just want something nice. Okay, Brian, tell us about the Personnel 5 Yay! Power Station! Best well, for last, best for last. To keep you a little bit more in suspense, <laughs> I've watched FUBAR. Oh my bit. god. I, well, that's right. a little bit of FUBAR anyway, not, yeah. not, not all of it yet. What did you um, think of it, Brian? 
I mean, wait. Oh yeah, wait. What did I say? Uh, it's it's not foo bad, not foo great. <laughs> There you go. Wait, I'm confused. Thank you. I'm Thank confused. You. The movie? Um, you watch the movie Fubar from... No, it's a new thing. No, it's the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, right. Okay. Right, right. I was like, Thanks, Art, for me to watch Peachtree TV over there? Okay. All right, right. I'm on track now. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, the whole time, I'm like, where do I remember the daughter from? And the daughter's played by uh, Monica Barbero. Uh, and she was in the new Top Gun, Top Gun, Top Gun Two. Maverick. Oh no, kidding! <laughs> yeah. What as? What as? Uh, what's her call sign? Phoenix or something? Or uh, I forget what her call sign is. She's one of the pilots in oh, Top okay. Gun Two. Um, but anyway, uh, the show's I guess fairly predictable, pretty exaggerated. Uh, the jokes are a little bit tiresome, but there are I guess some characters that you you know it's easier to gravitate towards them, like a lot of the comedic characters. Um, I think it helps if you're gonna watch this, just watch it with a little bit of a less serious eye than you would watch any sort of other Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm, right. Um, <laughs> it think of it like remember have you do you remember the TV show Chuck? Yeah, yeah, great show. Yeah, think of it like that. Um, and if you think of it like that, you'll probably enjoy it more. Um, so like a show that sort of comes off as serious, but is funny. Yeah. Okay. The thing that I'm liking about it is that so far is that the the entire season seems to be following one main arc, which is good. Whereas like, you you know, you like, there's like action series where it's like more of a serial where there's a new villain of the day kind of thing. This one, like Gabriel Luna is the, um, the main antagonist and he kind of just, it's, it's like that the entire time. And they, you know, while throughout the thing, they're just kind of exploring that father daughter relationship because of this new information that they both realize they're both in the CIA (laughs) and stuff. So, So but otherwise, yeah, very, you know, predictable. Uh, this the premise alone. It feels like it's just been burning a hole in like twenty or thirty different screenwriters' laptops at various Starbucks <laughs> locations scattered around yeah. the San Fernando Valley for the past twenty years. Yeah, like come on, we gotta get it to dad and daughter together. They both are in the CIA. Can you imagine? Yeah. We yeah. gotta get Schwarzenegger. We got it right. Like, yeah, this is what happened. Like, I love how it's very Schwarzenegger driven, though, and it's like it doesn't necessarily have kind of cameos or anything like from from other or like any sort of references direct references to other movies, but like it does kind of have references to like some of his iconic action movies like the scenes from iconic action movies so it's very nice. like oh I mean, you like schwarzenegger you'll you'll you know you might spot some things oh easter eggs God. and do the leo point or whatever he's in his, his reference yeah. era for sure oh, it's totally God. reference era yeah yeah may, um, may okay. we all get there on to personnel files yeah, yeah. so yeah we were on vacation we, we did two geeky things actually i'll touch on the other thing as well um but we did two geeky things in one day of our vacation, it was a very Amazing. geeky day. We went to, uh, and it was all in Burnaby. Hilarious. <laughs> we went to uh, Burnaby, Avengers. The hot, hot center of the mainland. Of geek, yes. Bless your um, sweet wife. <laughs> <laughs> she enjoyed it, too. Yeah, go, I mean, uh, Burnaby, number one, that's enough. <laughs> yeah. So we went to the, the mall in Burnaby, uh, the Brentwood Mall, uh, or they call it the Amazing Brentwood, where they actually have a, an exhibit right now called Avengers Station. Um, and I totally forgot the acronym for station, but it's it's an acronym of some sort. Mm, it's always um, an acronym. So 
I don't know. Okay, fun interactive displays, really great spots for pictures. Like we took a shit ton of pictures yeah, in there. And the great thing about it is that like you go in and you're not given a time limit. You just like go well, in and just cool. do whatever the hell you want. It, it. it typically takes an hour, but if you want to take as many pictures as you want, kind of thing, you, you just go in. Uh, maybe a little bit overpriced yeah, for what's that? there. So like uh, after service charges is like forty dollars per adult and like thirty four dollars per kid. Whoa. Whoa. Um, yeah, for something that's mainly just like kind of museum exhibit with with pictures and stuff. Um, there is this kind of interactive. Somewhat, but not really AR, like augmented reality game in the end. That was a little bit, I thought it was a little bit of a flop. Like they basically, they, what they do is they they take you into this area like near the end. Like, oh, okay, now you, you're an Avengers station agent and we need you to help fight Ultron or whatever you're doing. So they give you like this smartphone and they say, it's not an iPhone, it's Stark Tech. Oh and it's oh got this God. app on it that lets you choose a character weapon and you're sort of facing an Ultron attack on like a bunch of large screens. Uh, and in order to fight these robots that are, that are going in front of the screen, you have to like swipe the weapons on the Stark Tech smartphone, and, which is kind of like, remember like D- 3DS and they're like these games like with arrows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and it's kind of like that. from one screen swipe. to another kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, you would be swiping. I accidentally, uh, my StarTech phone, I accidentally swiped into the phone settings menu at one no! point. And I was like, ah, oh, dude, no. I would have run off to a corner and gone into settings. <laughs> and um, I think like, a great addition to this probably could have been like, yeah, and I would probably would have paid like a higher ticket price for it, but it would have been that Marvel VR experience from the void that yeah. i did in toronto yeah. right um because yeah and that that would have been really fun but like along with the you know your avengers station thing that it t- takes you out into the gift shop uh where you can get your picture that you took in the beginning for 20 bucks um oh but then God. also then they give you these um gift cards for credits at the rec room which is right above because cool. um, if you've ever been to the rec room re- the rec room is a great place like I, the first time i've ever been to a rec room was in toronto what's it a big arcade they have one what's that yeah it's a giant arcade yeah, is okay, it like palladium um, and they renamed it um kind of like palladium but it's got a bar it's like at a sports bar remember what? like hey when the the office episode where they have the night out and michael makes a fool <laughs> out of himself on the pool table sure. and stuff it's like it's kind of like that, like games, uh, like a sports bar, hmm. video games, and then also places where you can win. You know, you you gather like tickets and win. Oh, so you get a bunch here. of like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Rec room is a pretty cool place. Whoa. Um, and so they give you a, a bunch of like credits to that. So we were able to go up there. That's really cool um, as well. And then from there we went to uh, Jurassic World Live, which was at the Pacific Coliseum where oh, we yeah. had the P and E. Um, this was like the reason we went there because this was sort of like Kean is a huge ever since he was like three years old he's been into Jurassic Park and Jurassic World oh, and nice. he's just loved watching dinosaurs eat people like some sort of sociopath <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's kind of like remember like around like eight years ago at the uh, Save on Food Center we had Marvel Universe Live yes, yes. oh my god it's, right yeah it's kind of like that like live stunt actors playing off a pre recorded audio track yeah, yeah lip syncing yeah. yeah and sometimes comes off as a bit of like kind of like a bit of a simpsons parody of a stage production yeah. you know or it's just like extended points and look out that kind of thing <sighs> yeah, yeah um yeah. but uh 
I don't know. It was fun for the. Like, it was an overall fun experience. Like Kean loved it. Uh, they they all enjoyed the heck out of it. Like good and it, like they, they're stunt performers, so they're like really fun, like action choreography and stuff. Um, they quite obviously use the walking with dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yes. Amazing, well, that's what I was gonna yeah. say, right? It's like yeah, Marvel, yeah. the Marvel live show, but then this walking with dinosaurs, and yeah. I, I think it's so funny that. Like it wouldn't be surprising if it was the same company that yeah. just eventually got around to getting the rights and making a deal with the Jurassic yeah. Park people. That's a, yeah, and then like I we bet know you, you just Universal want Park. bought these dinosaurs. They just straight right. up bought because like, yeah. it was the same T Rex that I remember seeing. Amazing. It's like a, the, so the the gears to make this thing move are hidden in like a giant rock that's under the T-Rex's feet. Hidden. Right? Yeah. yeah, like hidden. And so, and obviously they can't make the T-Rex eat people because it, there's only so much motion it can do. It's basically uh, walking around. So was Kian disappointed? Um, <laughs> yeah, they don't call it, well, don't call it the, eating with dinosaurs. They call it walking with dinosaurs. The great thing about this, though, is that, like, so the T-Rex, or the T-Rex, the, the raptors scenes, like, one of the people got their hand bitten off by a raptor, which was fun. Whoa. They had another person get attacked from, like, above by a pterodactyl. And it's just basically a mechanical pterodactyl on a string, on a rope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the then like. like five minutes saying oh no help me as he's trying to clip exactly. himself to a belt yeah. he's like getting mauled for like a few minutes while he's <laughs> clipping his harness so that he can get carried off into the ceiling which is really funny um, <laughs> and then as uh as far as storyline it's like kind of an adventure with separate characters no characters from that the movies actually show up so you don't actually yeah. see you, you talk they talk about hey remember that owen guy that used to train raptors no it was, no. it was all of that. Oh, no. um, kind of like, have you ever watched Camp Cretaceous on Netflix? No. It's kind of no. like that. It was just like they're separate characters. It's happening within the world of the main storyline. Mm-hmm. And in conjunction with the main storyline, like the timelines all kind of line up. The kids loved Camp Cretaceous, so they love that they're actually like references to Camp Cretaceous, That's you cool. see one of the dinosaurs from Camp Cretaceous that becomes kind of like one of the kids' pets and stuff. Oh, wow. um, so I don't know. It was like overall very, yeah, kind of like sort of Simpsons parody of a live production. But then, yeah, the, it was a, it's a family thing, right? So like the kids yeah. enjoyed it. That's good. <laughs> I keep seeing ads for I think this on my Facebook. Does the like big sphere thing come out? Like yeah. okay, because I yeah. thought that, What's the sphere? like when in Jurassic World, like when they're on the the, the ride, the gyrosphere, the gyrosphere. Whatever, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I thought <laughs> that that was a thing that you got to do. I didn't realize. Well, it's so ah. funny because I they they had that thing out, and then they had people like I guess like in normal clothes, like clothes that we were wearing that day go into it so I thought oh that must have been a really expensive ticket <laughs> I'm gonna get to watch that whole thing yeah, from there that's yeah. funny but, but they were care- like it started out and the audio track goes and the thing is moving and it's just like the people looking around like I can't believe we're in Jurassic World oh, no. <laughs> so, so uh, they were part of the realistic. whole realistic yeah. Right. Uh, uh, there's no reason why you couldn't just put people in that thing, you know? Like it would have been so cool. Yeah. Totally. Like, you don't have to act out your lines. Who cares? You're just in a freaking hamster ball. Like Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, funny. 
Well, that's great. I'm glad the kids had and you guys had a good time. That's pretty great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember as a kid, like, well, I got dragged to, um, I mean, I was probably dragged. stoked about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, me and all my cousins would go to whatever Disney on ice or, you know, thing would come through town. And those are pretty fun memories. I never had a Jurassic Park one. I would probably lose my mind if I did. That's sweet that yeah. that exists. So I'm, that's pretty fun. Did they have... This was always a staple at things like this, like big arena shows where there's going to be a lot of kids. Did they have like those wands with the flashing lights, that plastic crap? Oh, right. Yeah, they do. They do. And then I I was always questioning that. I was like, why do they, for big shows and stuff, like for like fireworks things, like sure, I get that because you're outside. But then they're so distracting when you're looking across and you just see these kids like playing with those like wand thingies. I know. Yeah, totally. Kids like, they're just so... Oh, they're perfectly made to just like light up a kid's brain. Like I want that thing. Yeah. It's plastic and it's a toy. It doesn't do anything. It's nothing. It's just but there's lights yeah. and it's swinging and flashing. Please yeah. spend forty dollars on this. Like, and yeah, because it's kind of in the dark. I guess is why it's appealing. Yeah. Uh, and then a week later, the light bulb on it like dies yeah. and it's just sitting on the floor. And exactly. In, yeah. Like waiting for you to else. trip on it. Yeah. Waiting, <laughs> just plastic. waiting to be turned into nurdles to choke turtles to death out in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Like I, I have such a hatred for these types wow. of souvenir <laughs> things so much. If I ever have children, I swear on my life, I'll never spend a penny on all of these things. Okay, everyone? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that those productions with the pre-recorded audio track, though, are my favorite. Because, like, when they did that for Marvel's Universe Live, I don't remember if it was one of us in this room or if it was, like, maybe Tyson Elder. Because, like, a couple of us went twice. Like, I remember mm. I went twice. I took Aiden once, and then I, I, I uh, went, I think, with, like, we had staff tickets or whatever. Right. Um, but maybe it was Tyson that said that on one of the showings, like, something had happened. Like, Spider-Man was fighting the Green Goblin up like on like rafters yes. and then something happened where the green goblins like he, he i think he fell and like his harness was just kind of stuck on the rafter and the audio track is still playing and the oh, green no. goblin guy is just like kind of shrugging like shoot i don't know what to do oh god spider-man at this point is helping him up <laughs> but it's the green goblin audio track going i've got you where i want you now spider-man <laughs> Oh my god! Because you can't. I guess what, there's nothing really you could do. No, what, yeah, you just have to kind of go with it. Improv a pre-recorded show. Yeah. It's all timing. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Uh, no, not exactly no Cirque du Soleil, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nope. All right, friends. Anything else for the pod? I don't believe so. I'm surprised I got Platonic in. Honestly, I, got, I forgot about it and then I remembered it. I was like, I know I watched something this week. Amazing. Kirsten James, where can we find you on the internet? Kirsten.james. Paul? Paul? Plastino? Ryan? Uh, uh, Thezone.fm slash DJ Boytano. I'm WebmeisterBud on twitch.tv slash WebmeisterBud, but I'm not here next week. It'll be uh, a podcast that I just listened to. What? So I'm not on the... How can we yeah, do not on the weekly geek out next week? I don't know. It's always a disaster. It truly is. <laughs> it's not. Week off. No, it's great. I, I find a, a very off. enjoyable listen. What'd you say, Paul? I vote a week off. <laughs> oh my god, you're hilarious. You take a week off. Uh. Well, <laughs> this has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 242. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. 
For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.